And the pitch. We deliver baseball caps, myths, and everything you need for the game. But what you really get is so much more. FedEx delivery. Game day spirit. What we deliver by delivering. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome back, my friends, to the show that never ends. We're so glad you could attend. Come inside, come inside. There behind the glass stands a real blade of grass. Be careful as you pass. Move along, move along. Come inside, the show's about to start. From five degrees last week to what is a beautiful day in sunny New York City, one of the few remaining sunny, warm days I assume I will have left here in the city. But needless to say, it is a beautiful day. Seth Kamen, Sean Palmer, or rather Sean Palmer and Seth Kamen, here on the Seth and Sean Sports Radio Show discussing Snooze Fest 2019, which happened last night, KP and leaving New York much the same way as I am, but he'll be going a little bit further south than even me, and to the Lone Star State. And the rest of the NBA trading deadline, which is soon upon us, which is, I believe, Thursday at 4 o'clock. So, Seth, welcome to the show. Good morning. Good morning. Good evening. It's been a long day. Good evening to you. And uh, last night... I remember receiving a text message from you that I believe said, quote, well, we even have to talk about this on the show. Yeah, that was my text message. I saw no point. Um, the game was boring. The Rams put out an uninspired offensive performance, um, to say the least. Jared Goff looked like the Jared Goff under, under Jeff Fisher. And... You know, credit to their defense, credit to New England's defense. But the only thing I really want to know is how how badly hurt is Todd Gurley? Because if he is not hurt, that is the most insane game plan I've ever seen. To not use him, to use him 10 times, the best running back in football this year is ludicrous. Well, I completely agree with you, sir. I mean, it was a interesting game if you like defense, which I do. Okay, I, you and I have had this discussion offline numerous times that I prefer a no-hitter to a 10-9 baseball game. I prefer a defensive game in football to an offensive explosion. That, that's the way I look at it. I liked watching the game yesterday. I really did. I know that some people were, were really put to sleep, but to me it was Brian Flores matching wits with Wade, with, uh, with Wade Phillips, and I found it quite interesting. I mean, look, the punters are what the punters are. Both, ironically, came from the same school originally in Oregon State, but you didn't know that. They were both walk-ons in actually- Oregon State. I did not know that, and I'm glad to see that Oregon State representing because they don't represent too many in too many other not too many other ways in the NFL well, since the Chad well, Johnson, and TJ Gushmanzada days. Well, and that's the point, I right? Guess they got because a lot of if you practice. can't, right? Exactly. If you can, if you can't contribute on the offense and you can't contribute on the defense, well, special teams is generally a walk-on. So you had two walk-ons. Ryan Miller then transferred. Uh, to Louisiana Tech, I believe, after he got beaten out by uh, uh, Johnny Hector, uh, which is what happened last night. And look, for a while, you could make the case that the punters were the most valuable player in the, in, in the, in the game. But Julian Edelman had a performance last night that, look, I, as a Jets fan, I've seen this guy over and over and over again torch my team. I mean – Torch him. You know it. he's getting the ball. You still double cover him, and he still gets it in whatever manner that he has to. I was 
ridiculously impressed by him last night as much as I was disappointed in Jared Goff. Would you have given him the MVP? Oh, you see, I didn't even watch the the end of the game. I left with one minute left. I assumed he had gotten the MVP. Who got the MVP? He did. I'm asking if you would have given it to him. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Look, was there anybody else? I mean, you could make the case for any one of a number of people on the defense, but there was no interception. I would have given it to Stephen Gilmore. Why? Um. Gilmore didn't, Gilmore didn't make the play of the game. That was Jason McCourtney. Gilmore had an interception, fumble recovery, fumble, forced fumble or fumble recovery, I forget which. Three pass breakups, five tackles. He was, and he shut down Brandon Cooks. Um, I, would have not, I would have given it to a defense. I would have given it to a defensive end or a punter over Edelman. These were not phenomenal catches by Edelman. He, look, he did his job. He did a wonderful job last night. But I don't think he was... Uh, the accolades he's getting are mind-boggling to me. Hold on a second. It was does, a it have to be, does it have to be, in, in my opinion, when you're a wide receiver, do, do they have to be great catches or can they be putting themselves in the position? Look, he was getting double-teamed most of the night and he still got separation. He's, everybody knew he was getting the ball, and he still got the ball. So maybe he gets an award for what he did, not necessarily for the catch, but maybe before the catch. And I make the claim, Seth, that great players make the hard catches look easy, right? We've, we've talked about this eons, that not necessarily the greatest catches are the best catches. It's the ones that... They're great catches, but they don't look like it. And I understand. When, when you're, but to me, yeah. To me, you shut down a top 15 all-time offense. Now, let's be fair. This Rambo's offense has not been the same since the Kansas City game in November. And they were pretty damn lucky to be in this game, to say the least, in the first place. But it's a potent, potent offense. And to hold this offense to three points, to me, is Keon's more impressive than anything that New England did on the offensive side. So, I, I would agree. have given it to Hightower. I, I, would have, I would have given it to Gilmore. You know, this reminds me of, you know, you look at some of these great defensive teams that won Super Bowls. You know, I don't think, I honestly don't think that, uh, what do you call it, that this is a great defensive team. But they were great last night. You know, when the, when, when, the, when the Bears won in 86, who won it? Richard Dent. When the Doomsday defense in Dallas won it in 77, who won it? It was Harvey, Harvey Martin, I think, in Tutal Jones. You know, Ray Lewis in 2001 or two or whatever it was. There was no offense. If you're going to give it to an offensive player, then yes, you give it to Edelman. I simply think that the defense warranted it last night. And for as rare as they get accolades along those lines, this was a game where I thought it was pretty obvious which way the MVP should have run. Well, okay, so the last MVP from a defensive side was Von Miller in 2016, Malcolm Smith before that in 2014, and before that it went all the way back to Dexter Jackson in 2003. Dexter Jackson in 2004. Yeah. 2003. And Dexter Jackson should have won it. But he had two very easy. It's like when Larry Brown won it in 94. He had two pretty easy interceptions, um, which which got him him and got him the the contract that both of them got, respectively. Um, Von Miller was the best player on the field. So, so to you, Stephon Gilmore was the best player on the field. You want to give it to Gilmore. You want to get McCordy had the best play, but you want to give it to Gilmore. You want to give it to Hightower. I thought it should have gone to a defensive player. Okay, we 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 have a call here. So hold on. 
You're on with Seth and Sean. How can we help you? How you guys doing? I know you're talking uh, Super Bowl, but I was wondering if you want to talk uh, the NBA. I feel like we can still get new very on quickly. Question, but we'll get there. But, uh, we'll get there. First of all, what's bored, your name, I sir? I got bored quick. Huh? What's your name? We need your name first. Oh, John. Oh, John. Great. Okay, welcome to the show. Go ahead, John. Yeah, so, I mean, uh, a, a, a Lakers fan, and uh, I'm just I'm having a hard time working just watching these rumors pop up every five seconds that we're about to trade our entire team, even though I think it's <laughs> worth it. It still has to be the trade as currently constructed seems to appears to be one of the more uh, ridiculous trades in terms of roster turnover for a superstar I can remember, but I still think uh, I'm a reasonable Lakers fan, and I think that the hate on them has gone a little too far in terms of the prospects that they have. I don't necessarily think Lonzo or Ingram become top 20 players in this league, but I do think that, that Ingram and Lonzo especially, I mean, do offer some upside and are decent foundational pieces for the cost that they are now. Um, but I mean, well, hold on, John. Let 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 me let me recap what the let me recap what the trade reportedly is right now because some of our listeners yeah. may not have that. So reportedly, the trade is Anthony Davis and Solomon Hill, and Solomon Hill is uh, is a power forward that was signed in the 2016 off season, the the season of the off season of mega contracts to a contract that is ridiculous. I think it was four years and, and 48 million. Yeah, so he's got 12.1 million on his contract for six players in total. Uh, Lonzo Ball, <laughs> Kyle Kuzma, Brandon Ingram, John Rondo, Lance Stevenson, Michael Beasley, two first round picks and anything else that, that, uh, that LeBron would like to give down. off of his, off of his, <laughs> off of his dining room table. That's not nailed down. They will be giving to the to the Pelicans, and look, I, I I get what you're saying that there may be a little bit of hate coming along the way for the prospects, but but let's understand what you're doing here. You're giving a whole lot of good. Look, when you make a fantasy football trade, you make a fantasy baseball trade. The one thing that you know is that two for ones do not work, three for ones do not work. And four-for-ones do not work because at the end of the day, you're still putting a minimum – you're putting a maximum amount of people on the court or on the field or at one time. So they can't even play all those guys at once, let alone have them in a trade all over. Precisely. Once. So you're putting a whole lot of good for one guy that is a top-five player. So I get the fact that people are ripping on them but when you compare the deals to the potential deals that may come in the summer, I don't see why the Pelicans would make a trade without even exploring the fact of Jason Tatum, who is much better than anybody that you're putting out there. Tatum, Tatum on his own, I will admit, is better than anyone else that they're actually putting out there. But the issue, I think, is going to be that there's something – weird going on with the Kyrie piece. I don't know whether it's the Knicks. I don't know whether it's the Lakers. I don't know whether it's another team. But the other issue would be is that for Boston to match those contracts up with AD, I believe Gordon Hayward needs to be in the deal. I think Gordon Hayward actually is a negative asset. Are you saying that they can match it up with Smart and Tatum and – Rozier cannot be traded right. at that point because he's a restricted free agent. I understand. I suppose we, they we, could. We, ma- I su- we matched it up we, last week on the show. Now, the Solomon, Hill ple- pe- Solomon Hill's piece was not in there, to be fair. He was not in there. So we were just matching it up with Anthony Davis. And that does fly without Rozier and without Jalen Brown. It does match. So you can do that type of deal. I believe it was Tate and, and Seth, correct me if I'm wrong. It was Buchabin, who I couldn't ever pronounce his name, uh, Smart, <laughs> Smart, and Tatum combined made, I believe it was $21 million, and that matched yeah, up that successfully match with just AD. So, 
So when you get you to that point, also, though, it's, not the, it's, it's not the Solomon Hill contract, which is part of what the Pelicans would like to get rid of. But remember, the caveat is, and the, the golden nugget, is the Sacramento pick, which would be better than any Laker pick. Yeah, and it would but, be that's this that, year. but the problem, but the the problem is though, and the big issue with that is that that Sacramento pick, that Laker pick, doesn't really mean anything. This is a one-player draft. After that, you're looking at Rudy Gay, Rudy Gay, Rudy Gay, Rudy Gay, and then a bad <laughs> version. Rudy, Rudy Gay made it, Rudy so, Gay like, made a couple of All-Star <laughs> teams. Rudy Gay made Rudy fine. Gay made that's made fine. two more All-Star games than Brandon Ingram probably ever will make. That's, so that's fine, what? but but you get my point. Um, I do. I don't think that pick. I, I don't think that pick means that much. I think that for the Tatum offer to be significantly – so here's, here's the, the thing that is not so obvious to me. If Kyrie Irving does leave the Celtics, which to me is a coin flip at this point. I don't know. What, I don't care what people say. I think it's a coin flip that he leaves that team. They're not trading Tatum. They cannot trade Tatum. Getting Anthony Davis then would officially be a, a, a one-year rental and would be a disaster for them. So they cannot give up Tatum for actually like Davis. Now – the one thing I'll say is I think this Lakers offer, mm, I don't know if this Lakers offer is on the table in the uh, summer is the actual thing, right? Like this offer is the, the people saying like, you know, the well, Pelicans are holding out to see if they can Hold get on. more. There's nothing else they this, can do. This offer can't be on the table during the summer because Rondo's a free agent. Like they're all free agents. So this, well, but, this but offer, all that, all that big keeping, Rondo is in Keeping this deal Solomon, because he has a nine million dollar salary. Like they have to match well, up with Hill. Um, right. They, it's not, not like the Pelicans want Rondo. The, no, it, it's it's to get Hill. The Hill piece is out if you wait to the summer for for the Lakers. Now, the one part that's not in there, if I believe I am looking at this correctly, is Zubik, and he might be. I'm not look. I'm not saying he's the greatest thing of all time. But what, the, what they can do, what the Pelicans can do is this offer, as constituted without the Solomon Hill piece, is absolutely there in June, 100% there in June. So I, I, I understand that we're not supposed to be belittling what the Lakers are giving. But like I said before, you're giving a bunch mm. of top 40 guys for a top five guy. And anytime you do that, you're going to be looked at like – you're just not giving enough value. Oh. And to me, those Lakers picks be, are in 2021 and 2023. Yeah. yeah. To be clear, this out. is not a bunch of top – this is not a bunch of top 40 guys. This is like two Keeping. maybe top 90 guys and okay, one well, top I'll, 120 guys. Like, so, like, right, but, and you're pretty much making the point, why in God's name would they ever make this deal? If the best well, guy because, you're getting – If because – well, because I'm, I'm talking in – the present day, right? Like, you know, Tatum is a top 50 guy now. In two years, he might be a top 15 guy, right? Like Ingram in three years might be, I'd say in three years, there's a decent chance Lonzo and Ingram are, but Ingram is a top 40 guy. Lonzo's kind of a weird player. As a, a, a Lakers fan, there's nothing funnier than like the last few weeks of people talking about Zubak as like part of the trade. Like, he's like, I love Zubak. I think he's like hilarious. I think that his 25-point his <laughs> games he's been putting up recently are ridiculous. It's just funny when people are like, and Zubak's got to be in there. It's like, okay, <laughs> take him. No, um, no, I'm not saying that. I'm saying that the, there, there are pieces that, that, that are not in there right now what, that could be in there I don't in June. Think they, what I, what I, I, I don't I, like about this trade is that I think the Lakers are giving up almost everything the Pelicans could want. Having to take back Solomon Hill actually hurts more than anything else they're giving up in this deal. Because Solomon Hill is on one of the worst contracts in the NBA. It goes through the end of next year. Like, you can't get off him. He has a PER of 6.7. Like, they're going to have to stretch him or attach an asset to get off of him. They're getting rid of every yep. asset they have. They're not so going to have any assets to give up to get, to get rid of so him. So, basically, in order for this to make sense, right, now, if they don't get Solomon Hill, the Lakers have $31 million of cap space, a max player in the Kyrie Irving, Kawhi Leonard, range is $32 million. Maybe you get someone to take a million dollars less. You take on Solomon Hill and you stretch him out. Now you're looking at a still a decent combination that you could get, say like um, a Tobias Harris 
and then like a mid-level exception for like an Eric Bledsoe or a Gordon, Gordon Drogic or something like that. The key is you just do this because it's not baseball and it's not football, right? Like one guy can swing a team. You pair LeBron James with Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis is 25 years old. The other thing I like nobody, about this is it's not like you're mortgaging everything, hold on. right? Nobody's yeah. disputing that the Lakers should do this. <laughs> nobody. I think everybody's disputing whether the Pelicans could do this. We we got to go to we got to go at this point. So we really appreciate you calling, John. Sure. But I guess, let, uh, Seth, I guess my only other question. We'll, we'll talk to you soon. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Go ahead Thanks, quickly. Yep. So Seth, uh, I, I'm sorry. Ring in a little bit on that, on John's call. We really am appreciate I, anybody that calls in. You you are. 760-283-0846. John, thanks for calling. Please call back uh, in the future. It, Seth, what, what do you think about that? It's very simple. To me, I, if I look, if I'm the Pelicans, I, I, Pelicans will have one asset left after they trade Davis and Drew Holiday. So yep. now do you consider Holiday, do you consider Holiday a point guard or an off, or, or an off guard? Uh. I think he can play both. I think he plays much better on the off guard. The other thing I is think the better off guard. Drew, Ho- Drew Holiday, remember, is earning thirty million dollars. So yeah, while he is an asset, three years. So he, he is a he's very he's, he's Mike Conley. I mean, he's a very expensive asset. He's a better. He's probably yeah. The problem is, I look at this. There is nobody. I mean, Lonzo would probably fit with New Orleans because I think Gentry would like to run the ball a little bit more than they do. But I don't want any – if I'm trading Anthony Davis, there's got to be something I'm getting back of that I more – more than a Kuzma and more than a, than a ball. You know, Tatum – you know, Tatum has that – could be that player. I mean, people are mentioning the Knicks. I don't see it. The Knicks have nothing to offer at this point. And Knox in a first round is not going to do it. And uh, uh, Knox, Knox and Zion would do it. So that's a tra- – I'm just saying, that's a trade well, that you make after the draft. That's, or, or, well, right, but that's with, predicated like, on, the, on the lottery. So we'll agreed. know the lottery no, no, no. position. We'll know the lottery position in, in April. Um, Seth, are you, saw, I mean, are you I and I both of the – are you and I both of the belief – that the Pelicans should hold on to him through June? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Like, I just don't see it. I don't see it. I don't see the value from the Lakers at this point. I don't see it. You know, he said he'll sign long-term with four teams. I saw that today. The Knicks, the two L.A. teams, and the Bucks. Now, Seriously, who, the Bucks have nothing to offer. Any, the Bucks can't offer anybody, so that's off the table. Because Middleton's a free agent, you're not going to offer the Greek freak. So what? And you're not going. Bledsoe is not enough value. So that's no. Bledsoe's a free agent too. The, the whole team's a free yeah, agent. Middleton, exactly. Bledsoe, Brog, Brogdon—they're all free agents. <laughs> right. So that's silly. So. I mean, practically speaking, the Knicks, again, unless they get Zion, have nothing to offer. Agreed. The Clippers don't really have much to offer, as far as I can tell. I mean, Harris is their best player as a free agent. Gallery, I think, is a – you know, Gilles Alexander is going to be a nice player, but it's not, he's not going to be your show – he's not going to be your linchpin to get Anthony Davis. I really don't know how this is going to play out. Because I do agree with John, with with Irving putting all this, he's not going. He's not. Danny Ainge is not trading for Davis if he's not keeping Irving. Period. It makes no. It would make no sense. Tatum, if you don't have a chance to win the title next year, and you know I'm not the one to make Kyrie Irving. And they're not winning a title without him. I really don't know where he's going to be rented out for a year, but I don't think the Lakers, as the trade is constructed right now, it makes it happen. I don't see it. So I, I don't disagree with you. I, I don't. But a lot can happen during the offseason and during the playoffs. And I'll tell you right now, if I'm the Pelicans, I hold them out. I don't even play them. 
different. I don't think there's yeah. any adva- I don't think there's, there's I don't think there's any advantage to playing Anthony Davis after to, after the trade deadline. Zero. He's already told the the city to go f themselves. I mean, in a nicer way, oh. but you know you know what? Well, he doesn't want to be the bad wait. guy. Well, hold on. You don't want to be the bad guy, right? That's what Anthony Davis has forever said, I don't want to be the bad guy. Well, guess what? When you make that type of claim, you are the bad guy. Whether you like it or not. But, and look, I well, I respect what, what he what's did. What's the alternative? No, no. I respect what he did. Wait a year and a half and then give him nothing? At least. No, no Seth, you, you don't hear me. It's, it's a no I win said, situation. I respect what, you're not hearing me. I'm saying I respect what he did. Because he did the anti-John Tavares. I respect what he did. I respect <laughs> him holding out, saying what... No, I do. He's, he said what he wants to do. I get that. But at the same time, if you're the team, you don't have to embrace him after that. You don't have to say, oh, goody. You don't have to say, let's play him some more so we can ruin our chances in the lottery. No. In fact, no. I hold him out. And I say, screw it. The, N- the NBA doesn't like tanking? Okay. I'm not tanking. I'm just holding my most valuable asset out of the game because I know come draft time, I'm going to have to trade him. And if he's hurt, I'm going to get less, if not much less. If he tears his ACL tomorrow, how much less does he get? He won't get less in a year and a half, but he'll get, they'll get less on the trade market. Have we ever seen that happen before from in an NBA? No, not We've that I'm aware of. It's amazing world we're living in right now. No, I have never, uh, I have never, do not recall a player doing what Anthony Davis did a year and a half out. But then again, the Supermax has only been around for a couple of years. So you're, you're kind of saying, okay, in the last five years, this has ever happened. No, it hasn't. Okay, so let, let's move on to the Knicks making a huge deal, doing exactly what the Pelicans want to do in their Anthony Davis deal. The Knicks were able to do, and I like it. I'm shocked, but I like it. Because I didn't see any way, after reading enough about KP and the fact that he wasn't going to resign, or if he was, it was going to be contentious. Look, the Knicks got everything that they needed and everything that they wanted. Did they divert from their plan? Does it look like that they don't have a plan again? Yeah. But I'll tell you one thing. (laughs) The the words of Kyrie Irving make them seem like that plan could certainly happen. If the Knicks do get Kyrie, but don't get Kevin Durant, is this worth it? Well, if they don't get Kyrie, and uh, sorry, if they do get Kyrie and don't get Kevin Durant, they still got thirty-one million dollars in salary. Remember, yeah. it's 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 not the Amari Stoudemire of you don't get LeBron, you go get Amari, and you got nothing left over. It's one or none. Here, they've carved out enough. So let's say they get a Kyrie at 31. They have $71 million, which is ridiculously unheard of. Well, let's say they get Kyrie at 31. They get Tobias Harris at 20, and they get another $20 million piece. I'm spitballing here. I don't know who else would be a $20 million piece. But let's say a legitimate $20 million piece. You can make the claim that they're actually a – okay, Middleton – you can make the claim that they're actually a better team than if they got Durant. No, you can't. Really? You can't? Wait. No. So if you, have, if you have Durant, Kyrie, and nothing else, because you're going to be capped out come hell or high Agreed. water. Okay? And instead, you get I, – I don't like Chris Middleton as, as the third, but let's say Chris Middleton, Kyrie – and Tobias Harris to go along with Knox, 
and a first-round pick, I'm not sure that's not a better team overall. Maybe not in one game, but overall, I think that that could certainly be there. Look, you know Kevin Durant is Kevin Durant, right? But Kevin Durant, I believe, is 31 years old right now. He wants to sign a five-year contract, which puts him at 36. Not to say that players don't play at 36, but they certainly slow down. He's going to make $40 million at age 36, which basically is an untradeable contract. Look at Chris Paul. While if the guys are making 25 at age 36, maybe that is a tradable contract. I'm just saying you could make the case that one of those guys and fill it out with legitimate all-stars makes just as good a team. Maybe not in a one-game playoff, but for a seven-game series well, certainly or not season, in a one game But for a seven-game well, se- seven series? You're betting an awful lot on the fact that they're going to get any of these players. Yes, number 100%. one percent. Knicks, the Knicks have, in the last twenty years, they traded for Carmelo, that, which I would they yep. would have, and they and they brought in Amari. They've yep. won one playoff series. Yep. They are by far the second best team in New York City right now. They have one yep. of the worst owners in sports, a mediocre yep. at best front office, and that's being kind. Who seems to wear out his welcome pretty easily? They have no talent for the most part as of now, although I like Dennis Smith, not still up in the air for, still up in the air on. I don't get the appeal. I don't get it. I think you have to be out of your mind if you're Kevin Durant to come here. I understand. Look. Everyone hated you for the Oklahoma, for leaving Oklahoma and going to Golden State. And yep. I get it. You can be one of your championships. You know, that's already a given. So if you, if you can pull it off here, that's, you know, this jumps you in the pantheon because this is the ultimate challenge. But the, this isn't like the cupboard is okay. The cupboard is absolutely completely bare. And okay, so, so, so you and I have a different of opinion as to what Bear is. Because if, if Durant's coming, remember, you're, you're, I, I don't believe Durant's coming without Kyrie. Okay, I think Kyrie comes first and then Durant follows. So, so, you, so you're starting with a roster of Kyrie, Knox, Nicolita, who I don't like, but understand, Dennis Smith, who you do like, Mitchell Robinson, who is a good player, not a great player, but is, is also 19 years old. And you have your first-round pick this year, okay? So I get that you're saying the cupboard is bare. I don't think it's that much more bare than, say, the Lakers without LeBron. That I, much more. It's less. It's less, but it's not that much less. I think it's also, you don't like, Nikodima, what are your thoughts on Knox? No, I, I like Knox. Look, I don't. I, I I like Knox. Is Knox a spot up shooter? No. Will they need to get a spot up shooter? Yes, no question. Because that's not Kyrie. That you hope is not Durant. So they got to get a spot up shooter. But Seth, we we go through this every single year. When you get good players, they beget good players, right? J.J. Reddick signs with the 76ers not because he loves Philadelphia, but because he fits very well with that offense. No, I understand. He fits well with the offense. You get Kyle Korver to be a spot-up shooter or the new incarnation of Kyle Korver, whoever that is, and and there you go. And, look, I'm not saying what the Knicks are doing is realistic. I'm not saying what the Knicks are doing – is attainable. What I'm saying as a Knicks fan, and I am a Knicks fan, I have been through the the good and the bad, Larry Johnson's four-point play. I've been there. What I'm saying is, is this a better option than spending $35 million on on Porzingis' knee? Because that's the difference. No, I understand. 
I understand the thought. The I understand the thought process on it. I do. And considering the relationship that again, I'm a lot more open to it now than I was a couple of days ago. Having read about all the contentiousness, we knew some of it. We didn't know the end to this degree. Um. But if you don't get if you don't get Durant, if you if, if you get if you get Kyrie. And say it's Tobias Harris. I'll just throw that name out there. But again, if you have yep. Harris, is kind of a, a better version of Knox at this point. Um, although I haven't a lot of Harris, but what's, Kyrie, Seth, what's not the most fungible? To... What's the most fungible asset in the NBA? What's the thing easily most traded? Rookie con. Uh, I mean, a working contract is always easy to trade. I don't know where you're going. Or a first-round pick. Or a first-round pick. Yeah. Right? So the one thing that the Knicks have never had is their first-round picks. Like, you you could go back. They're they're worse than the Nets because at least the Nets swapped them. The Knicks just give them up. They've given them up like they're butter. And granted, in order to capitalize on a first-round pick, you actually have – to have decent management. I get that part. But the one thing that's being left out here is, yes, they drained the bank account. Yes, they opened up all this cap room. Yes, they got Dennis Smith, who you like and I like as well. I'm not sure he's, I'm not sure we like him as much as he likes himself, but we do like Probably him not. as a player. Probably not. But you also got two first-round picks in this deal. Now, not to say that those picks are going to be very high, because chances are with Donich and Porzingis, they're probably not. But you've got additional assets in the deal in 21 and 23, or 22 and 24. And if you you get it in 21, now 21 is that linchpin year that everybody's looking forward to. Because supposedly 21 is right after the collective bargaining agreement, and maybe the one and the done. The end of one and done. Right. But then you have it in 22, 23, and 24. It's gone also. So that that's neither here nor there. It's me. No, no, but no. That's the first the year. Diff- I say that's the that's Sorry, the go ahead. first year. But it'll, it'll go on yep. into perpetuity. Right. But that first year is the most important is, because you have, a, you have a double draft class. You have the seniors yes, you have the, and you the also have the freshmen. And the high school seniors. Yeah, I got right. you. A deeper but, draft, a deeper draft. By the time we're – you're talking already 21, 23, 22, 24. You're already talking about how Kevin Durant is, you know, 31 years old with a bit of NBA tread to him. Kyrie has been hurt every single year, it feels like. I don't know where they are in three – you know, where these guys are in three years when those come to fruition. That's wrong. As opposed to – I know we're two and a half years away. I get it. Yeah. Um, I don't. As I said, I agree with the move. I agree with it more as I learn more. Although I'm a little confused on why they're not trying. Why apparently they're going to keep DeAndre. Um, I guess to tutor uh, to mentor uh, Mitchell Robinson. But you figure if you're going to tank, you might as well just tank. And I will say, last Friday's starting lineup was the worst NBA lineup I can ever remember seeing. When your best play, when your best starter is Noah Vonley, you, you've got a you're, you're chucking it. Um, it'll be interesting, and I like I think you like it from Dallas's point of view as well. You I now love, have yeah. assuming, Porzingis, assuming Porzingis, and I would tend to think Porzingis will be healthy. People recover from ACLs pretty well now. Um, you have your linchpins most likely for the next five to ten years between the two of them. Yeah. You're, you, so, there's no disputing you are banking on a ACL for Porzingis, which granted ACLs are, are repaired. We haven't really seen seven-foot-three ACLs very often. But, look, you go through the medical process and, and granted ACLs take, uh, have recovered. The point is for Knicks fans is you are basically giving up $30 million, right? That's what it is. 
it's a $30 million Porzingis, or it's the chance at this. It's giving and when you get when you get the, hold on, when you, you guys get the, when, but when you spend thirty million dollars on Porzingis, you are capped out again. There is nothing. So that's all that this is based on. Is if the only way that Porzingis, the only way that the Knicks could have legitimately made a move this summer, is if they did not sign Porzingis right away. And he waited. And I will tell you flat out, it is my belief that somebody would have given him an offer sheet. He would have signed it. That cap room would have gone away. Gone away. And then you're back where you are today, except you're paying Porzingis $35 million, a max contract, and you're also paying Tim Hardaway Jr., and you're paying Courtney Lee, yeah. and you don't get two first-round picks, and you don't have Dennis Smith. So... I liked the trade when they made it. I be, it was an holy cow moment. Seth and I were talking at the same time that the trade went down. But from a Knicks point of view, I know Knicks fans are troubled by the fact that here we go again. We're starting over again. I don't think you're starting I don't over think again. Knicks, you did a, I don't think Knicks, I don't think Knicks fans are troubled by this at all. I think Knicks fans are ecstatic with this. Because they, again, the what out of the people I've read or seen, nobody's really that unhappy with it. Because because of the unhappiness that Porzingis had, because of the seventy-two bleeping million dollars that Tim Hardaway signed for, who's a nice player at ten to twelve million. uh, Where else are they going? They're 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 twenty at best. They're a thirty-win team. At best, yep. they're nowhere near that this year. So nope. it's not a question of starting over again. You've already started over. This just expedites the process. Yeah. I mean, you and I were on the phone when Hardaway was signed, and I nearly dropped yes, my drawers. I, 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 I was astonished by the amount of not money in front that of was me being or anyone, Not in front of me or anyone else, John. <laughs> I was astonished by the amount of money being thrown at an adequate point guard, uh, adequate shooting guard. And that's what happened in 2016. We talked about Solomon Hill's contract. Well, Tim Hardaway Jr.'s is the same year. And all those 2016 contracts are coming back to rue their ugly head at this point. If you'd like to call in, 760-283-0846. 760-283-0846. Okay, Seth. Do you see any other trades going down this week? We just had Rodney Hood being traded from Cleveland to Portland, which is a minor deal to Cleveland, but a pretty significant deal to Portland in that they get a 10 to 14 point a game scorer with length. And granted, he hasn't played very well this year, but we did see what he could do in Utah and I think he's probably just disinterested after last year. I actually like the trade for Portland. Uh, trade, excuse me, for Cleveland. Um, Stathis was actually kind of resurrected his career a little bit in Portland. Now, they may have a better version of him and Jake Lehman, but, um, I mean, I don't know. I, I It is a minor trade. I guess for Portland to give up draft picks in addition to it, Surprised me a little. I didn't think Hood had any value at this point. Um, but you see what happens. And again, um, this is where the fun, to, this, is any where, other. this is where fungibility of draft picks comes in because you're able to make that trade because you have them. Go ahead, Seth. I'm sorry. Yeah. No, it's hard. It's so hard to gauge. Um, well, I haven't heard any major rumors or read anything that's that significant. I mean, everything is everything has resonated around Anthony Davis. Period, and that's it. And it's been it was it was an interesting week in that regard because I don't ever remember a Super Bowl week where nobody talked about the Super Bowl. Everything in New York was about Porzingis, or about the, or about Anthony Davis, or about that we're three weeks from training camp and Bryce Harper and Manny Machado still don't have teams. I heard nothing about football this week, which I thought was amazing. 
Well, and then, well, and then you saw a game in which you basically didn't want to talk about, so it made perfect sense. Yeah. Although I really did like the NFL 100 commercial. Yeah, I was going to talk to you about that. If if you read Peter King's Monday Morning Quarterback or Football Morning in America now, they did exactly what I asked last night, is that I wanted to see a who everybody was, right? I mean, that was, to me, that and the Washington Post commercials were the, be- were the two best commercials for completely different reasons. But that was a tremendous commercial by the NFL. And we – we, being myself and I would say most of the public, certainly do not give the NFL enough credit sometimes in what they do. I mean, we saw a boring game last night. We've been ridiculing them off and on for the last three weeks due to the New Orleans game. But that com- the NFL Films has always been tremendous. And that commercial, if you haven't seen it, it involved just about everybody you might want in a commercial for the NFL dating back to um, – who, who was the one? Uh, Larry Zonka. I think Jim it was Bra- the oldest Jim one Brown. in that commercial. No, oh, be- Jim Brown was in. No, Jim, Bra- Jim Brown was in. Jim Brown, Dick Butkus. Dick Butkus. Um, yep. It was a lot of fun. That was a fun, fun commercial to watch. Yeah, I mean, in the game, the game just wasn't. So now we're kind of in that, okay, the NBA All-Star – we're hitting NBA All-Star time. Does anyone really care? Baseball, we have spring training in three weeks. And college basketball is in the heart of uh, conference season. So it's a pretty good time for – it's kind of a slowdown for a couple weeks. And then in March, everything really starts to pick up. And that's when your business starts picking up. So then you won't be available at all. <laughs> Talk about yeah, that's the nature of my life. That's the nature of my life. Um what are so your we are. I mean, we've heard. Sorry, go ahead. Go. Ahead. Nah, go, go. No, you said. What are my thoughts on what? You know, the rumors of collusion in regards to the owners in baseball. We have what two hundred, an enormous amount of free agents, an incredibly inordinate amount for this time of year. The, the biggest names to sign are Corbin, who signed right off the bat, and AJ Pollock, who signed. Last week with the with the Dodgers probably precluding Harper from signing there. Where do you see this playing out? It, it, I mean, Harper turned down three hundred million dollars from Washington at the outset. I don't think that number is even being thrown out there at this point. Okay, what are your? So, I mean, you're more of a baseball guy than me. What are your thoughts? So let's understand first what any offer from the Washington Nationals includes. And the number one thing that if you asked any Washington National fan, they would say the number one word is deferment. Max Scherzer had money deferred. Steve Strasburg had money deferred. All these big contracts have deferment. So if you're stating that it's a $300 million contract over 10 years, that may very well be true. He may get that over 10 years, or he may get that over 20 years. And he may only have to play for 10 years, which is generally the way that that would work. So the point being, yes, it's a $300 million contract, but it's not $300 million in the next 10 years, in my opinion. That's the way that the, the Nationals generally work their contract. As far as collusion is concerned, I think it's just a turning of the market. So in the PED world, and I put that in quotes because that was basically the 1990s and the early 2000s, players were, play, were paid based on past performance. You were paid – a, a Major League Baseball player does not become a free agent until seven years into their Major League careers. So for that – Jake DeGrom won't be in his seventh year until after this year, in which he will be 32 years old. So what used to happen was, oh, he's the Cy Young Award winner, so we need to pay him a gazillion dollars. Well, Major League Baseball teams have have smarted up, and they've said, look, I'm not going to pay you for what you did two years ago. I already did that. I'm going to pay you going forward. And the analytics 
say that you're not going to be the Cy Young Award winner in the next three years again. So I'm not going to pay you like a Cy Young Award winner. Now, is that a problem for the players? Absolutely, because it's not what they're used to. Is that something that needs to be rectified in the next collective bargaining agreement? Yes. And the, and the way to do that is to lower the amount of years before they become free agents. So the prime of their career is when they are free agents, which is why, excuse me, you're getting these mega contracts for Manny Machado and Bryce Harper bandied about because they came up when they were 18 years old or 19 years old. And that's why Bryce Harper, if you recall, way back when, went to junior college for one year and then came out. And he actually graduated high school early to do it for this very reason today, because I wanted to reach free agency early. (laughs) And he did at 26. So you're going to pay him for probably three or four years of his prime, 26 to 30. And then you're going to pay six years on the back. And the question is, do you want to pay 30 to $35 million for a guy on the back end of his contract? So is it collusion? No, I think it's just a writing of the market. The same way as, Seth, you deal in the financial sector, sometimes there's a turn in the market where people realize, you know what, like Bitcoin, right? This just isn't what it was brought up to be. And here we are today. Look at you talking crypto. Damn. <laughs> I try. Yeah. So where do you think so where do you think the big two end up? So I think that I think Bryce Harper winds up with the San Diego Padres. Which is unfathomable if you had asked me that in September for the same reason that Eric Hosmer did last year in the fact that they will be the only ones left with any money that want to spend it. And they will, they will definitely spend it. And I think that they are looking a couple of years down the road and the better fit there is Manny Machado, but I don't think Machado stays there. I think he doesn't want to be on the West coast from all reports. So he's going to come back to the East coast. And as far as where Machado goes, I still come back to the Chicago White Sox. I still Makes come back to a team that a team that acquired first of all acquired his brother in law, uh, who was Yadier not Yadier. Yadier Alonso? It's the first baseman, I can't remember the guy's name, out of Miami. I will get that name for you. And also his good friend um his good friend John Jay. Hold on, Alonzo White Sox. Sorry guys, I'm uh, a little Yandir Alonzo, Yonder Alonzo, uh, his brother-in-law, and also John Jay, uh, who is a good friend of his from way back when. So I think he, he stays in Chicago. The problem is neither one of those teams is winning anytime soon. So they're taking the most money, but they're not going to get a winning ball club. And Seth, this is what I was talking to you about beforehand, and I know it's a little bit different, but similar in the same way. I think the Nationals will be better without Bryce Harper. They have prospects coming up. Their outfield is now full with Victor Robles, Juan Santo, and Michael Taylor. They have a couple of other players. Now, do they have the one guy that can fill like Bryce Harper? No. But they have moved around the pieces enough. And baseball is a little easier to do that when you have 24 guys than basketball. But I think that they'll be better without him than they were with him. Okay, Seth, I've been talking for a lot, so I'm going to go for the last five minutes with you. Start with that. All right. So one of the more interesting things I've seen in recent times in sports media happened on Saturday. Did you hear about this with Adnan Burke? No. So, host of baseball tonight, um, you know, does college basketball and college football for ESPN, was fired after signing a four-year contract for, for, leaking, uh, for leaking to reporters. 
was escorted out by ESPN security. I have never heard this. In, it, have you ever heard of this in regards to sports media before? I mean, to me, this it seems like more of a quid pro quo, where a lot of times, where player, where announcers look, people have their sources. ESPN gets information from their sources. People use ESPN as a source. You know, I could see it. I could see a suspension. I could see a warning. But to fire a guy based on this, this is a scary proposition. And I'm just, I'm really curious to see how this is going to play out. And they're not releasing too much information. Wait, he got fired for what? Apparently, he was on an on a call and released information to which was supposedly confidential to a reporter. Nothing earth shattering, but it was a confidential call. So to, I guess okay. to set a uh, to set a what do you call it to set a precedent, they fired him and had him escorted out. Wow. Okay, that's a, that seems a little much uh, to me. Anyway, no, I have, I have never seen that at all. Um, wow. Okay. Well, I don't know how to really follow that up <laughs> with a firing, other than the fact that Le- Seth was not the only one bored with yesterday's football. <laughs> the ratings were down tremendously. I mean, tremendously, and part of that had to do with the ratings in New Orleans, which I found hysterical. So if you look at the uh, New Orleans Times-Biscayne, I think is their newspaper, uh, they had an interesting sports section this morning, which basically said, wait, there was a game? (laughs) And that's all that it said. Hold on, newspaper. I just want to get it correctly so I can uh, – here we go. So New Orleans, the front page said Super Bowl. What Super Bowl? And that's all it said. That was above the, that was above the fold. Super Bowl, question mark, what Super Bowl? And, not to, and, and only half of the amount of people that watched the Super Bowl in New Orleans watched it yesterday. And it's interesting, Seth, that you noted that this week, the last two weeks, we've heard very little about the Super Bowl. We've, we've heard about Manny Machado and Bryce Harper and Anthony Davis and the NBA trade deadline, even the NHL All-Star game. We've heard it all, but very little about the Super Bowl. And is it to the point that people are just bored with seeing the Patriots? And I think a good a good case could be made for that is that been there, done that, been there, done that, been there, done that. I don't need to see this team win again. I don't need this to see this team in it again. And I don't need my Facebook page thoroughly blocked with six rings, five rings, whatever. And look, this is coming from a very, very jealous Jets fan. I get that a hundred percent. But the fact of the matter is, could the NFL have had better ratings if it wasn't a Boston team than it was? And I think you need to, you need to throw that out there. I think people kind of get bored after a while. But I guess we'll see next year when we see who Patri- the Patriots play in the Super Bowl again. Okay. For Seth Kamins, this is Sean Palmer. Next week we'll go over the NHL trade deadline, which is in two weeks. And we'll also recap uh, Anthony Davis not being traded and all the lovely uh, efforts that the Lakers do to put out, oh, will they even have anybody but LeBron on that roster after next week? I guess we'll find out. So for Seth Gamins, this is Sean Palmer, Back Sports Page, Blog Talk Radio, Seth and Sean Sports Radio. I hope you all have a very pleasant week, and we'll see you next Monday. Have a good day, everybody.
I'm Jay Farner, CEO of Quicken Loans, America's premier home purchase lender. We've created a new way to protect you from unpredictable interest rates. Our exclusive Rate Shield approval. First, we lock your interest rate for up to 90 days. Then, if rates go up, your rate stays locked. But if rates go down, your rate drops. Either way, you win. Call us today at 800-QUICKEN or go to rocketmortgage.com. Rate Shield approval only valid on certain 30-year fixed rate loans. Call for cost information and conditions. Equal housing lender. Licensed in all 50 states. NMLS number 3030. Additional conditions or exclusions may apply. And now, an ad from Dad. <clears throat> All right, save money on car insurance when you bundle home and auto with Progressive. Can I take these off? All right. What is this? This looks good. Wow. That's well made. Where did you get this? I'm talking to you with the hair. Yeah, where did you get this? It's good stuff. That's solid. That's not veneer. That's solid stuff. Progressive can't save you from becoming your parents, but we can save you money when you bundle home and auto. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discounts not available in all states or situations.